Welcome to the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influtive, where we talk with customer-obsessed people to uncover how you can be more customer-focused. I'm your host, Dan Calamar. Today, I'm joined by Esther Flamer, Chief Marketing Officer at Reich. Esther has 20 years of marketing experience in high-growth B2B tech and nonprofit sectors and a proven track record in activating marketing as a strategic driver. She leads high-performing teams with a keen ability to develop go-to-market strategy and pipeline generation initiatives that prioritize the customer experience, align with core business priorities, operationalize efficiencies, and drive revenue. In addition, Esther is an expert in leading global teams to implement integrated marketing campaigns and events, ensuring accurate reporting and performance metrics, and facilitating a seamless process from customer acquisition to client retention. She's also an active mentor and public speaker on marketing strategy and women in leadership at Dreamforce, annual tech conferences, podcasts, and networking events. This is a pretty wide-ranging conversation. Near the end of the episode, Esther shares how Reich listens to their customers to dictate messaging, go-to-market strategy, and product decisions. But Esther also covers how the current economic climate is changing marketing's focus, how executives can get closer to customers, and the point in her career when she realized there was a better way to do marketing. Esther, welcome to the All About the Customer podcast. It's amazing to have you here. Nice to be here, Dan. Thanks for having me. Let's let's start off setting the stage for folks a little bit. Uh, we're, we're recording this uh, summer of 2023. Talk a little bit about the, the macro trends, like what, what's going on right now in the world uh, and what's the impact that you're seeing that have on businesses and then I guess more specifically as, as a CMO, the impact that you're seeing it have on marketing folks. Yeah, absolutely. I love to start with macro trends because it's top of mind for everyone unless you're living under a rock. <laughs> Uh, you've probably been um, very privy to the fact that it is an efficiency era, essentially, uh, for pretty much every single business out there. Um, And I would say that it's hitting marketers pretty hard in terms of really trying to do more with less, cut budget, cut resources, figure out how to continue to grow your impact on the business, grow revenue, grow net retention, but all doing it with less um, less spend, less resources, with a huge focus on, on ROI, efficiency, productivity, all of those things. So um, I'm sure that all the people that you're talking to, um, especially marketers, but business leaders in every single department are really thinking through a lot of those key initiatives to continue to try and drive more efficiency in their business. I think those are some of the macro trends that we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of uh, focus on utilizing new innovation, new tech and AI, of course, uh, which is, you know, again, a, a big, a big, conversation uh topic I like, now i feel like it's the is, only conversation topic these days i feel like i don't talk about anything else other than chat right every everyone is on chat gpt and figuring out what does that mean for the business how do we leverage it um in a secure way uh you know what what is that what can we utilize in terms of generative ai to actually work faster work better and more efficiently across the business. So yeah, lots, lots that everyone's talking about. <laughs> and and for businesses, can you, can you talk about how, I mean, I think, especially in the B2B SaaS space, the last, you know, year and a bit has been really tough with not, you're not seeing a lot of 
new logo growth or you know even for the the unicorn explosive growing companies even if it is coming in it's definitely coming in more slowly and i think it's it's forced a lot of us to rethink how we grow our businesses and a lot of what we're focusing on now is our existing customer set uh, and and trying to you know retain customers upsell cross sell there can you talk about what you're seeing happen there and how it's just I don't know, maybe the the reality of how we have to operate now and it's kind of the only place we can focus. Absolutely. Um, and, and this is typical with a down market. Um, oftentimes is because you have less budget to spend. Um, to our first point, cost of acquisition is getting harder and uh, more expensive. And companies aren't buying as much because everyone's budgets are being slashed. So acquisition is absolutely hurting in a lot of um, the market in the industry now, which means companies are really doubling down on their customers um, and making sure, number one, how are we keeping our customers happy and maintaining churn? Because we don't want to lose our customers at this point. We don't want our competitors to take them away. We really need that um, that net retention um, and ensuring that we're retaining our customers. But also, how do we get more out of our customers? Because you don't have to now spend on the cost of acquisition. You already have happy customers. How do we actually get them to potentially purchase more? You know, when you see these shifts in these macro trends of cutting cutting resources, cutting spend, focusing on the efficiency, but also growing, growing your business, the natural progression is to double down on the customer base because it kind of checks all of those boxes and allows for you to really do more with less utilizing the customers that you have. And I do think that there are a lot of companies out there that forget that sometimes when the market is doing really well, when it's all about growth, everyone's focused on acquisition, everyone's focused on uh, new business growth, new logos, but they've potentially, with that laser focus on growth, they've potentially forgotten about their customers and kind of have left them, you know, left them alone, haven't given them enough love. And then when they're now having to focus more on their customers, it's potentially too late because you haven't actually given them, you know, the resources, shown them the value, given them the love that they've needed. And so they are looking to go somewhere else, especially for your competitor who's potentially, you know, giving rock bottom prices to try and take away that business. Um, So it does get to be this huge shift to customers, which shouldn't happen, unfortunately, right? It shouldn't happen in only a down market. Customers should always be top of mind and should always be at the forefront of of a business strategy and not only in in these down markets. And so why do you think that it is only in these down markets that we focus on our customers? Like, is it just because it's it's just sexy to bring in new logos? It's just kind of a shiny object syndrome where we're just always looking for other stuff? Like, why, why don't we focus enough in the good times on the, on retaining our customers. And I, I wouldn't say all, all all companies do that, but I do think that uh, it, it oftentimes is when you're thinking about highest priority and what's most important, especially in marketing, oftentimes marketers absolutely only focus on new business because that's really where, where their goals are centered, um, really around new logo acquisition, leads that you're bringing in, pipeline and revenue that you're driving, particularly for new business, and largely because a lot of marketing teams and demand gen teams, et cetera, are really focused on that side. Um, And so it could just be, you know, kind of priority of the day of this is where the organization is focused. This is where marketing has the most to contribute. So let's fully focus on that. But great companies and great marketing teams are always looking at 
the full picture and they're always actually starting with their customers not only um, thinking through customer marketing lifecycle, how do we continue to maintain engagement, showcase value through marketing campaigns and programs, while also looking to, you know, provide value in terms of upsell, cross-sell opportunities to get more revenue out of their customer base. But actually, truly starting with understanding your customer, and again, it's so trite, I feel like, um, the, the know your customer uh, but again, I think what sets great marketers and great marketing teams apart is really the ones who truly know their customer, utilize that, leverage it, understand that customers' needs and pain points are changing. And so there's that constant engagement with the customers to get a better understanding of exactly like what is top of mind for you? How do we position ourselves to be able to meet your needs? How do we actually utilize your customer feedback to inform our product innovation and our roadmap? How do we actually change our go-to-market to ensure that we're addressing customer pain points and issues, even in translating that to new business acquisition and, and what prospects are facing? But it always starts with the customer. And so unfortunately, it can be too late for a lot of a lot of companies and a lot of customers where they're now at the tail end of we forgot about customers and now we have to go back because we're losing a lot. And so now we have to go back and try and find value and figure out the value that we can provide to customers. But like I said, I think the great companies and the companies that do the best are the ones who've never lost sight of their customer to begin with. The best companies are the ones who never lost sight of their customers to begin with. Sometimes I like to do these voiceovers just to call out really impactful lines. It's easy for us to not think about customers until we struggle to bring in new logos. Then all of a sudden, it's like we remember that they're there. But for the best companies out there, their customers have always been a focus. They've long viewed their customers as a vital part of their growth. So while I hope Esther's message scares you a little bit if you haven't been focused on your customers enough, she's about to share some somewhat good news. Like Scrooge waking up on Christmas morning, even if you haven't been haunted by the ghosts of customers past, there's still time. And it's not necessarily too late because it's not, it's not, you know, never too late kind of thing, but they're just late in the game and they're going to be giving up a lot of their business um, where their customers already have not seen the value. Maybe they haven't gotten the education. Maybe they don't know about product features or functionality that your company has. So they've already gone and looked for it elsewhere and they're purchasing another solution. Um, even though they could have gotten it with you, they're down, down selling, um, or downgrading in a sense. Um, because their company, their teams are being slashed. They don't need as many licenses. So, Unfortunately, right, if, if you're late in the game here um, and you haven't built out the, the appropriate customer retention strategies, engagement strategies, expansion strategies, you're just late to the game and you're losing out on all of that potential revenue and all of that potential opportunity within your customer base to be able to um, to, to make sure that, that you continue to keep net retention as a top priority. But again, you can, you can turn it around, you, you know, it's still something that absolutely every day is a new day, uh, build those programs um, and, 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 and start to turn the table in terms of being able to try and drive the right behavior and the right engagement with your customers. But the ones who've always had those in place, obviously are a step ahead. And so as a CMO, I'm sure it's probably really easy for you to get 
I don't want to say distracted because it's not like new logo growth isn't important, but it's it's probably pretty easy for you to just only focus on that when things are going well. Like, do you personally have any techniques that you've found to help make sure that you're always still thinking about the customer, existing customer side of things? I'm sure it probably helps working at a company like Reich that is very customer centric, but do you personally have any, like, do you have pictures of your customers around your house? Like how do, how do you, how do you uh, <laughs> always make sure that you're thinking about your customer? Yeah, I've replaced all my family pictures with customer pictures in my house. Yeah, just a few of them at least. <laughs> just a couple. Uh, no, so what I've done, there's a few things in mind, right? So one is we do keep customers on top of mind, which is we have a whole customer kind of success story strategy of a customer advocacy strategy um, because everything should start with a customer, whether that's um, on our website or in campaigns, is how do we make sure that we are not – uh, telling our own story, but we're having customers tell the story for us. So um, making sure that we have that full strategy, a plan of what are the customers or the use cases or the industries or, you know, specifically those stories that we want to be able to tell, what are those customers um, and and how do we engage those customers to get those stories and then how do we make them front and center? I think another great practice is um, at the executive level, um, we have a whole executive sponsorship program. Um, with both top customers, but also potentially at risk customers, um, where for all of our top deals or all of our top customers or, or things like that, on a weekly, monthly basis, we make sure that we have an executive sponsor as part of that. And I've sat in on so many customer calls and, and engaged with our salespeople on, hey, we have a customer, we're looking to renew, we have a customer, we have a potential opportunity, we're trying to get into a new buying center, or, right, they're just a happy customer, we'd love to get an executive level of engagement where we make it a practice um, and I'm on customer calls, you know, every single week talking to customers, even if it's just an introduction or even if it's just a, hey, let's just share various marketing best practices um, or macro trends or what's top of mind. Or if it's, I'd love to hear your pain points of what's happening, um, you know, what's top of mind for you in your, in your, on your team and how can Reich help? Those are always great. And, and it's also something I, I make sure that my team is doing as well, um, particularly for certain roles um, like product marketing, where you need to be on customer calls. You need to be listening in on customer calls. You need to be part of deal desk. Um, because again, it just makes us better marketers. Number one, because again, you're constantly hearing from the front lines, what is top of mind for customers? What are the biggest pain points? What are we solving and not solving for? Um, and that's a huge one um, where even just being part of customer calls and hearing kind of some of the same things over and over again, you start to ideate around, okay, great. Let's turn this into a series. Let's create some tips and tricks here. Let's start to utilize this pain point and maybe go after a different market. How do we potentially craft a new product functionality and work with product on how to resolve this um, for this specific set, subset of, the, of the, the market? So again, those are just a couple of practices that we have specifically that I think are, are really, really important for, for understanding your customer and making sure your customer is top of mind. So I want, to, I want to go into both of those things. Uh, maybe we'll we'll keep going in this thread around you know sitting on on, on customer calls. How often? And maybe you can speak from your personal experience and also maybe other executives. But how often is it that you're on these calls and you're actually 
you know, having this dialogue, having this conversation versus just being a fly on the wall? Like, I'm sure there's probably a place for both, but like, or, or, or is there a place for both? Like, do you think it always really has to be that dialogue or is there ever a place to just listen? And even if it's not listening on live calls, using something like gong, uh, that, you know, all the salespeople are using this, you can just listen to it. Like, how do you think about that? I think both are important. So absolutely. Cause not, you're, you know, not everyone has time to sit in on every single customer call all the time, obviously. Um, but even listening in on various calls, I think is really important, not just in terms of obviously listening to your customer and, and hearing specifically from them on what are the pain points or, you know, where are um, their biggest needs, but also it actually helps in terms of how, you know, how you determine your positioning and your messaging of what's resonating with them. How are our sellers selling? You know, how are they positioning their, how are they overcoming these different objections? Should we, should we change our value prop a little bit in terms of, you know, starting to address this specific top of mind, you know, pain point that continues to come up. So absolutely. I think even listening in on recordings, listening on gong calls, I think are hugely important and should be a main practice, even on a quarterly basis, like start somewhere like once a quarter, you know, listen to one or two calls type of thing and, and make sure that your leaders are doing the same. Um, I think in terms of the active conversation, I also believe that's really important. One, because Again, I think it actually communicates a lot to the customer that, you know, the executives or, or, you know, you have various stakeholders, not just your account manager, but, you know, a VP in the company or an executive in the company wants to sit and chat with you and talk about, you know, what are things that are important to you? Um, are there things that we could, are there resources we could provide that maybe they're not privy to, you know, any of those conversations. So I think one, it sends a great, uh, a great message, obviously, to our customers, but you know, secondly, I think it is hugely important that we actually have a dialogue with those customers where it's not just, again, me listening on the call and hearing these pain points, but me actively engaging and, and actually asking them specific questions that I might have um, about how we could better serve them. Um, or, you know, just again, establishing a relationship outside of just, you know, a one person, uh, you know, AM to like kind of main champion and starting to actually build out um, kind of broader influence in the organization. So I think that those are hugely important too. We also have lots of other avenues and channels, obviously, for customer engagement. So we do kind of a product council, customer advisory board type of thing, which I think, again, hugely important that our executives are actually part of, um, uh, which again, it's not just, you know, you go do this in a room with our product marketers or, or whomever, but actually our executives are in the room to address different conversations, questions, et cetera. And that's hugely important also to just get a variety of, of input kind of all at once. And again, building out some level of a community even within some of our key customers to provide product feedback, but also give us an understanding of, hey, here's a, here's you know, a potential idea um, on, on product roadmap. Um, is that something that, that would be valuable? Um, and I think that shouldn't be just within the product organization. I'm a huge believer that marketing should be a part of all of these conversations and helping to drive that voice of the customer within the full organization. Um, it shouldn't sit in CS necessarily. It shouldn't sit purely in product. It really should be cross-functional and marketing should be a huge driver of that. That, and that, that was one thing that I was curious about. Uh, you know, you talk about these you know, specific voice of the customer calls, but when you're having these calls with customers, are they existing meetings with their CSM, for example, and you're joining those? Are they separate calls that are set up like, hey, I want to get you time with our CMO Esther? Like what, what are the types of calls that you tend to be joining? 
Yeah, I, I would say it, it actually is um, kind of a broad spectrum of various types of calls. I've been a part of a couple of um, quarterly business reviews um, based off of, again, some of the executive sponsorship where I'll join in on a quarterly call um, with some of the team and, and just chat through and, and also listen in on kind of, you know, we've we've made progress over the last quarter and here's where we've made that progress. Um, I've sat in on kind of renewal calls or just kind of your typical just check-ins with CSMs um, to talk through, you know, here's kind of what's been happening, how are things going. And then I've also sat in on introductory calls that are more specific of CMO to CMO would love to just chat through. Partially, it's just knowledge sharing, best practice sharing, but part of it is I'd love to understand kind of you know, what, what value are you seeing at the executive level versus your team? Are there other things that we could help support across your organization? Um, so all, all different types of calls, um, I would say probably most frequently is either the one-to-one um, or specific intro calls to, uh, to some of the executives within their company or the quarterly business reviews. And you mentioned how this sets a really good, it shows a really good message to your customers. Like, hey, the executives at Reich actually care about this. I would also imagine it sends a good message to your employees that like, hey, our C-suite, our you know, VPs, whoever, like they actually care about hearing directly from our customers. They're not just all doing this stuff in their fancy offices. Like they're actually on these calls. So I would imagine it probably has both of those benefits. Yeah, and I've actually had a number of like sales reps. And again, it also builds great sales and marketing alignment. Uh, but I've had a lot of sales reps and sales leaders tell me how much they appreciate how engaged um, I am specifically uh, to help them win these deals. Because, again, it's their ability to hit quota. It's their ability to um, hit our, our revenue goals. And, again, we're all one team, one goal. So making sure that they see that marketing's not just like, here, here's a lead, good luck, um, but that we're actually involved in helping to try and secure the deal or helping to build executive relationships to try and get – more, you know, more champions and more influencers within that deal to get that deal through. So the other thing that you mentioned that I mentioned, I wanted to come back to, we'll circle back on this is you talked about how you really want to infuse the voice of the customer everywhere uh, in your different marketing collateral. I also feel like that can be scary for a lot of marketers because we don't want to give up control, right? Like we have these words we love to use. We're trying to shoehorn in these phrases. And a lot of times our customers don't talk about things, you know, with air quotes around perfectly, right? They don't talk about things exactly the way that we want to. So how do you think about striking that balance of your team has your messaging that you're trying to work on? Our customers might not always perfectly talk about things the way that we want, but we know that the voice of our customer is really important. Like, how do you think about that balance? Um, I actually think they should go hand in hand because, again, I think the voice of the customer should actually influence or essentially build our value proposition, our positioning and our messaging. I don't think that they should be different because I think that's actually a big flaw of marketers. A lot of times it's a very inside out approach and it's very much of we think these words are good and we think these words resonate. And so always talk about. Um, and it's funny because like, I'll, I'll take a, an example from Reich where our category is collaborative work management, you know, Gartner, Forrester, kind of all those things. We're a leader in the collaborative work management category. Um, and so that's sometimes in our messaging and I hate it. And I've told the team, no one knows what that means. <laughs> if you write that in an email, no one's going to say, okay, 
I need a collaborative work management solution. No one knows what that means. But if you take a customer who basically comes in and says, hey, here's my pain point. I don't know, like my marketing team was not working effectively or efficiently. We had all of these different work streams. We couldn't get our campaigns out the door. And we actually put everything into one solution, one platform where we could manage all of our work. We can manage all of our projects and campaigns in one place. Even though it's not perfect, coming from a customer, that resonates more than marketing messaging, um, quote unquote, right? So um, I actually think it's one and the same. And that's why I'm actually a huge believer that even if a customer, you know, maybe says a couple of things and it's like, well, maybe they could have worded that better. I actually think it's more impactful. I've asked a lot of people that question because I feel like tons of marketers in theory believe that the voice of their customer is impactful but they're worried that their customer will say something that doesn't perfectly align to the messaging that they've come up with. Esther's answer was probably my favorite answer that I've gotten on this question. Because if you're worried about that misalignment, it's probably because you didn't first start with your customer. You didn't think about how they talk about your product and then work backwards from there. You didn't work your customers into the process. You just did this thing on your own and now you've come up with a way to talk about your product that none of your customers will actually use. But if you start by talking to your customers and work from there, you shouldn't be worried about that gap. I'm always so much more curious, not even in what people believe, what, why they, but why they believe it. So can you talk to me about like looking back in your career when you realized that companies needed to be more customer-centric, that a more customer-centric approach to marketing was a better way to do things? Because customer marketing is, is a fairly new thing. It, it hasn't been around for that long. So when you look back in your career, was there any pivotal points where you realize that things should be done differently than the way that they are? You know, I actually learned this early on in my career, which was really beneficial for me because I started out kind of as a marketing generalist and I actually got placed into um, a customer marketing role, I think kind of by accident. Part of it was just, um, you know, we we were using email, um, kind of an email platform. And this is when marketing automation was first coming to the scene. And this dates me, obviously, <laughs> but um, it was kind of a new thing. And really, we just were using email marketing uh, typically as just a, a form of communication. Um, and I, 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 I kind of took it on partially from an email standpoint of, well, let's take a look at our database and let's take a look at our customer base. Um, and there's probably a better way for us to be communicating um, product updates or promotions, et cetera, versus just a spray and pray type of uh, model. And so really actually looking first at our at our data and getting an understanding of and again it's kind of basic marketing 101 which is you know right message right person right time kind of all of those things and really thinking about our customer base in a different way which is not everyone is going to be the same nor do they need the same message like i said i feel like it was kind of accidental where i started to build out really thinking through where's a customer, like how do we segment them? Let's start maybe just with where they are in their life cycle, where you have people who've just purchased and just need help in better adopting the platform versus someone who's maybe at the point of renewal. And actually just looking at it from a life cycle standpoint of if we're segmenting and we're trying to get to scale and we're trying to communicate certain messages, how do we splice and dice our customers either by product by life cycle stage, um, you know, even by persona or level uh, based off of, you know, either user level like admin versus someone who maybe once in a while uses the platform. 
thinking through it in that way and, and actually realizing we're not really regularly touching these customers in a meaningful way. Uh, most of it was really through customer success or account management. And typically it was, hey, thanks for buying. Here's a couple of videos um, on how to actually um, utilize our product. And then it's kind of nothing other than one-off newsletters, webinars, promotions, and then all of a sudden, hey, it's time for renewal. And then a kind of a question of why aren't people renewing, right? Or why are people upset that we're, we're charging them for another year and they haven't utilized the product at all? <laughs> and actually kind of taking it from there and saying, okay, let's, let's start to set the right expectation based off of where they are in their life cycle. So let's start with an onboarding program. Let's start with a renewal program of just like, hey, here's how to get started. And then here's how, hey, your renewal's coming up. Here's the value that we've shown you and why you should renew for another year. So kind of taking it from there and then starting to get more sophisticated in terms of some of those levels of segmentation, in terms of kind of how, how do we actually get to a place where we can identify people who maybe are at risk because they didn't utilize the solution or maybe find opportunities where there's really high usage um, and based off of who they are, we can potentially start to showcase other functions and features that could get them to upgrade. So just thinking from it in, in that sense, that's kind of how I started. But again, I think it's coming all back down to marketing basics, which is right time, right message, right person, you know, kind of all of those pieces, but really thinking about your customer base in a different way. And then, you know, ultimately you, you landed at Reich, which, which is a company that's, you know, very customer centric. Uh, so you recently were named one of Influtive's Elite 18 customer led CMO. So first of all, congratulations on that. Thank you. In, in your video there, you, you talked about how you really try to harness the customer voice to, to do three things uh, with your um, messaging, with your go-to-market strategy, and with your product decisions. I, I'm sure we could probably have a separate episode on each three of those things, but even at a high level, can you just talk a little bit about how you really try to start with a customer with each of those things? Yeah, um, absolutely. So the first messaging, which we kind of covered, which I said, and I say this to my team a lot, I'm like, People don't want to hear us talk about ourselves. They would rather hear, you know, their peers or someone they trust or someone they respect um, talk about uh, what they care about. And so, again, and this is this is true for I would say pretty much everyone out there. They don't want to feel like they're being sold to. And and then you know what we had spoken to earlier, which is so many companies do this inside out approach where it's very much. Uh, a company-centric message or what we think the customer wants to hear or what we think a prospect wants to hear, but it falls flat. Um, and so constantly making sure that the customer voice is at the forefront of everything that we we say, every channel, every campaign, ensuring that as part of everything, we have customer quotes, we have customer testimonials. Like we have so many amazing customers and success stories and quotes. Like we have a huge repository. I'm like, we could literally, we don't even have to build new content, just utilize that. I think it's, it's so valuable. It's so much more impactful and it resonates so much more than if we were to just, you know, come up with own, our own marketing messaging. Um, to try and tell the story. So that's kind of first and foremost, um, and it's actually kind of what I would consider one of the marketing core pillars, which is tell the story. You, you need to be able to tell your company story of like, 
why why are we here but why should i also care from a buyer or, or customer perspective and sorry before before we get into the other two ones I, I i think there's something in there that i that i have to go into because i feel like a lot of other people are gonna be like how did you do it you talk about you have so much customer collateral you have so many good quotes and so many good stories any tips on how you've been able to do that is it just you've made it a priority and executed on it or you've just you've just got these amazing customers like any tips that you can share on how you've been able to get this huge surplus of customer resources yeah i, I... <sighs> Part of it is a great product, obviously. Like when customers love your product, they will have nothing but good to, good things to say, right? Kind of thing. And and so I think that's that's first and foremost of, of making sure a great product, it meets people's needs, people are, are happy with it, they love it, and you have kind of these these people who are willing to be champions and advocates. And then the second is around harnessing it of how do you make sure that okay customers are happy, let's try and get every single um, quote, successful story, testimonial, all of those things out of them. And we look at it in a number of different ways. Obviously, being a customer-centric company, we have a huge amount of kind of channels and opportunities just within our own CS team, um, our customer education teams, certification, professional services, um, product surveys, right? Uh, community, our advocacy programs. So we, we've built out a number of channels and opportunities for customer feedback in every, I would say every department and every um, area, every area of the business where we're constantly asking for feedback. We're constantly um, harnessing that feedback. We're also pushing to things like review sites and utilizing that, right? Because people do go in to a G2 or into um, like a trust pilot or whatnot, and they're putting reviews. And again, lots of great, uh, like amazing things there where I was even just going through G2 and I was sending screenshots to my team just saying, you could literally just post this. <laughs> like one of them was the quote was like, Reich is literally the best project management tool out there. I'm like, just post that on our social right now. <laughs> uh, there's, there's pure gold of content. But we also, like I said, have a, a, a strategy as well, um, a, a reference and an advocacy strategy, which is where are areas where we know we don't have as many stories potentially um, or case studies in a specific vertical or within a specific segment? And let's go and find those. Uh, we have kind of a repository of our advocates that we've already started to build out that we have like for uh, like I said, customer advisory boards. We also have our Reich Stars program with Influitive. We have, you know, kind of all of these various tiers. We have our certification where you can be a gold belt or green belt or black belt, uh, right? So, so all of these different areas where we can pull uh, quotes, success stories from references, referrals, kind of all of those pieces. And so it does. It takes it takes a good strategy, but also a full org or ownership, I think, to be able to really build out. Uh, the right advocacy strategy. Well, I got us derailed, but I'm glad I did because there was a lot of really good stuff in there for for how you do this. There's a lot of good tidbits. So, so, so we'll get back on track. So, so messaging was was the first pillar. Let's go on to the other two. Uh, so the second was go to market. And again, I think we mentioned marketing oftentimes is only feel fully focused on new business um, and new logo acquisition as part of their go to market. But I think go-to-market is actually bigger than that, right? And it really does need to look at new business, new prospect acquisition, but also customer expansion and retention. And so my organization, so our marketing organization is actually 
fully aligned to company goals, not just from, you know, new business revenue, but also net retention. And we're also accountable for pipeline creation within our customer base. And so, again, if you're thinking through our customers and, and utilizing core, uh, our customers as that heart or that foundation and the core of all of our go-to-market strategy. First, it's looking back at the data to get an understanding of, let's see, where are the market segments where we're actually most successful, where it's what we would consider our sweet spot, where we've had a lot of success. If you just look at trends within your customer base, are there specific verticals? Are there specific industries? What are the company sizes? What are the teams? What are the use cases? So actually just looking at your customers and saying, where are we most successful? and figure out your ideal customer profile based off of your customer data, and then utilize that in your new business acquisition, utilize that in your customer expansion to start to really build out those playbooks, which is here's an ICP, here's exactly what that looks like. And we can basically say, you know, revenue size, industry, team size, like type of company, all of those pieces and say, okay, this is perfect. We know we win 70% of all deals, right, that come in that look like these these accounts, and then you can create a target account strategy, or you can create content messaging um, and a whole campaign approach to go after those specific segments of the market. And then you can also create the playbooks for expansion, which is for Ripe, we're a very horizontal product, meaning with project management or work management, you can literally use this across any team, any department, across the full company. And so for us, expansion looks different because we can start with marketing, which is one of our ICPs, is one of our ideal customer profiles, uh, because there's repeatable workflows and marketing works with a lot of different functions and you have creative and you have content and you have web and design and digital and all of those. They need to work together to try and figure out how do we roll out a campaign. So it's a perfect sweet spot to start with and land with. But oftentimes, number one, you might have multiple marketing teams across a larger organization. How do we actually expand to multiple marketing teams? But also, how do you actually go from marketing team to maybe an IT team or from marketing team to an HR team? Um, and so there's a whole expansion strategy as well, looking again, what are the use cases within our customer base? Also, what are additional use cases and additional buying centers we can go after? And then how do we start to craft uh, you know, a playbook um, between sales and marketing and product to go after some of those new buying centers within our customers. Um, so again, utilizing customer data, customer insights, customer understanding to really drive, here's what our go-to-market strategy is and where we believe we can be most successful. Um, where's the where's the TAM and where's the white space within your customer base? Figure out, you know, what are those um, segments or cohorts we want to go after and then craft a, a holistic go-to-market strategy to really drive as much revenue as possible uh, through those segments. And then the last pillar, product. And again, this is, I, I mentioned this a little bit ago where it's not just product that needs to talk to customers to engage in product roadmap. Um, I think marketing is a huge strategic driver here, partially because, again, we should know our customers um, and have that understanding, but also we should understand the market. And oftentimes that market understanding comes from talking to customers. But marrying all of those things, here's what's happening within the market. Here's some of those top of mind trends and pain points and things that are happening that are changing the way that the industry um, is shifting. But also here's what our customers are asking for and what their needs are and how those are evolving rapidly. And then having those conversations with product 
to basically say, hey, we think, you know, here's a short term type of approach, which is here's some immediate functionality asks, here's some immediate needs that customers are asking for that we think should be part of the product roadmap and as part of our um, ability to continue to adapt to customer needs, but then also thinking more long-term, which is where is, what does the future of work look like? What are things gonna look like in two, three, five years as the market continues to evolve, as you know, things continue to shift? Obviously we can't, we don't, we don't have crystal balls. We're not gonna be able to predict everything, but understanding some of the trends as well as the shift to AI, for example, understanding that people, people are always looking for an easier way to work. What does that look like for us to leverage some of these new innovations, build in the new innovations into our product to make it as easy as possible for people to continue to manage their work? And what does that look like in, you know, for a three to five year strategy even, and, and how does customer input impact that? So I think it is, it's, it's, it's holistic. Um, and, and I think that that customer understanding and feedback really does obvious. And I think the product roadmap piece is, is some of the, not the easiest, but I would say some of the most directly correlated impact and benefit that we can see is they have very specific needs and feedback on, Hey, I'd like this. I'd like to see this. I have this workflow. I'd love to be able to do X, Y, and Z with this taking that and prioritizing it in the interim, but also utilizing um, utilizing some of that input to actually impact your longer term strategy and innovation. And where can we shape the market? Where How can we shape the market and the industry and where things are going by innovating in our product now? Thanks so much for diving into that. You use the word holistic, and I think that is the perfect word to describe how broad this is going. Like there, there are so many different parts of our organizations that can we can tap into our customers to improve. Uh, and so I, I really appreciate you diving into all that. And so the wrap up question that I ask for everybody is if you could give the folks at home listening one piece of advice, one step in the right direction of being more customer centric, what's one thing that they can do today, tomorrow to get one more step in that direction? I would say two things, if that's okay. <laughs> do it, do it. My last guest also had two, so it's two for the price of one. <laughs> two for the price of one. Well, the first is the obvious one that everyone says, right? Like, just go and talk to your customers. Um, just go and find some customers that you can talk to. Um, that's obviously, I think, first and easiest, um, as well as making it, like I said, a mandate, even for some of your leaders and your teams in certain roles. Um, where you need to be either on customer calls or listening in. Um, but the second I would say is much more, um, I, I think it's actually a very important step in being customer centric, which is understanding your data. They're doing a really good deep dive into your database, into your customer database, because I think one is listening to your customers and obviously getting that insight, but the second is data is hugely insightful and uh, really segmenting your database and getting a really clear understanding of what truly is your ICP and not just like, okay, mid-market, you know, <laughs> uh, tech, right? But actually getting more granular into what specifically is your ideal uh, customer profile, but also what are, what are the potential white space areas that you can really dig into or new markets that you could go into based off of the customer data to inform that go-to-market strategy. I think that's a great place to start um, and to really get a true understanding of more holistically what your database, what, you know, what your database looks like in terms of informing 
who are your customers and where do you win? Um, and how can you continue to utilize that to inform your strategy and your growth? I love that. Esther, this has been incredible. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. It's been fun. Your customers can truly impact everything you do. They can help inform product decisions, help dictate how you go to market, help craft your messaging. But to accomplish these things, you need to start with your customer in mind. I love Reich's approach to how their executives regularly meet with their customers. If an initiative like this doesn't start at the top, it's going to have a hard time succeeding. There are scalable ways to do this, like listening to call recordings, but then it's only a one-way conversation. If you want your customers to impact all the areas Esther mentioned, you have to have that dialogue. You need to understand their pain points in their jobs, the pain points with your product, how they view your product. Very few things are a replacement for having these conversations with our customers. And everyone from executives on down need to be having these conversations. This has been the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influitive. I've been your host, Dan Calmar. Until next time, probably don't have pictures of your customers around your house. I've made this suggestion before, but it's, it's pretty creepy. 